Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce on a red shirt Friday, Christmas Eve 2021, Royal Route. Where we gather every day at this time, Monday through Friday, and what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Today there are no issues, it's just all about Christmas and Jesus' birth and my buddy in Stewartsdale, North Dakota, not to be confused with Lincoln or Bismarck. The one, the only, Marty Beard. Well, I think it's all. Every last teeny tiny bit of it is about Jesus' birth. And no, that's what we've got to remember. Shopping. What'd you just, <laughs> shopping. What, what'd you just tell me you got? You said, get this going because i got to go shopping. <laughs> I don't know why you're putting words in my mouth, Trent. Now, you know what we need hey, to actually, realize Actually, I have today, that recorded. Want, Would you like me to every, play it back for you? <laughs> I want everybody to think about this. Think about this. I'll tell you one thing. I hope you don't have all of our conversations we have off air recorded because you and I are going to be in prison. No, somebody else hey. has got those recorded. Don't you worry. Don't worry. Hey, now I'm going to tell you something very important. Then I got some other fun little Christmas things to talk about. Or actually, they're not really Christmas. They're just old time winter things. But I want you, everybody, to remember today. Don't. Be the innkeeper. Okay? Now, the innkeeper really missed out. And I'm talking about the innkeeper in Bethlehem that was so busy that he didn't have time for Jesus' mother. So Jesus had to be born in a stable. And actually, they think it was more like, uh, you know, when you see these stables, they're built, they're mainly, a lot of them are built out of wood at, and at nativity scenes. They think it was actually more like a cave. But, but anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But don't be like so busy today and tomorrow that you don't have time for Jesus. Can you imagine what that innkeeper missed out on? You know, can you uh, just just on like the the side of uh, the business part of it, like come on and stay where Jesus was born? But he missed out. He was too busy, and and we need to slow down, pull back on the reins today, loosen up your cinch, and realize that the whole season was for Jesus. And I'm going to give you four Bible verses to look up. And read tonight. Now, I, I I always did this with my girls when they were little, and it's just continued on as a tradition to read the Bible verses uh, about Jesus' birth. But there's two more in here that you don't really think about. Okay, one is Isaiah 9-6. That's a great one. And you'll know why when you read it. Of course the Bible study of Jesus' birth in Luke 2 and Matthew 2. And here's one, Galatians 4, 4. And then, of course, John three sixteen. Now, if you read those tonight at um, your celebration uh, or tomorrow, with your hopefully with family, and I hope everybody is because uh, um, it's very important to read this with family. And and if you don't, 
read it by yourself because it's important for you. We have our church school program. Uh, what does Kelly call that? Just the church program, I guess, with the kids tonight at Christmas Eve. You know, and I think those are wonderful to go to. Mm-hmm. I remember our little country schools um, programs. And, you know, we, we were lucky enough to have a little country school. Um, and so so we did um, include uh, things like Jesus and and the nativity scene. I mean, we we did plays of the nativity scene at our school. Now, I don't know if we'd get away with that today, but I'd sure push the, push the agenda. But I can remember our um, Bible uh, studies when we were kids, our Sunday schools, when we had uh, Christmas programs. And the very first of it was you got a little tiny snippet by uh, Miss Mrs. Hanson. She was the the little kid Sunday school teacher, and and that was called your piece in the program. And uh, I I can't remember what it was, but my mom actually saved my piece probably from when I was like maybe five years old, I think, really young. And uh, <laughs> I would actually like to see a video of you at five years old. <laughs> I don't think they had video effects. <laughs> <laughs> they would have eight millimeter, and you wouldn't hear anything. You might see me in, in a little <laughs> little Lord Fauntleroy suit. <laughs> and families would gather around and watch the eight millimeter, which is kind of jumping, and you had to sit there and move your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and that big bright light that came out with it, <laughs> that bright light, and it threw off heat. I mean, one of those light bulbs from that movie camera my mom had could heat the entire house. Yeah, I now use them to be heat lamps in the farrowing house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, but, no, I, I, I interrupted your story about your mom telling you when you were five. No, she still has that little piece of paper that has my piece on it. Oh, and your I piece? might ask her my piece. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. But th- those Christmas programs back then, they were they were um something else and the women that worked so hard on them. I mean, holy smokes. We would start uh singing songs, you know, 3 4 months in advance and then not only the the show but then Mm-hmm. afterwards the cookies and and of course i went to uh um first lutheran church there in bismarck so there's a lot of norwegians and swedes there and that's where i think my sweet tooth came from all those little crumb cakes and crumb oh, kaka uh, and lapsa coconut oh my bowl. gosh hey uh the, yeah. the woman in our church that does that program is the one that sleeps in my bed and i woke up at five thirty this morning and i could tell the bed had not been used much and i'm like what are you doing well, I got too much to do, and it's all about getting ready for this program tonight. <laughs> well, God bless her. Yeah. Not only for this hard work she's doing on this um, Christmas program, but putting up with you. I mean, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm easy to put up with. I'm gone most of the time. <laughs> yeah, you and I very well both know that. If it wasn't for good women, <laughs> we would be a disaster. We'd be gone. Thank God for them. Yeah. Well, are we starting to roll into part two yet? What? Are we starting to roll into part two? Because I have some interesting no, artifact. No, we're not in. We're oh, still okay. in segment one. We got two okay. minutes left here. Why are you trying to rush your life along? 
Hey, I'm just excited. I'm looking at a, <laughs> I'm looking at some, uh, uh, I, I think as well versed as you are on the Bible, Andrew got me this morning on Across the Pond. I don't think you know the answer to this either. Well, you know, I'm not very good at these on the spot. I'm not a good I know, thinker. but you, you, you just, you, you don't know the Bible well enough to answer this question properly. What did Mary and Joseph determine Jesus weighed at birth? <laughs> I don't know, Trent. <laughs> Away in a manger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that gosh. was pretty good. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, that's, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, just need a campfire i i think that song should be sung at more campfires <laughs> nowadays than the songs that are sung <laughs> i i don't know what they do sing at campfires nowadays oh you know what if we didn't have a church program tonight we'd have a campfire we again today global warming is at its finest we're going to be 62 degrees for the fourth consecutive day in a row we need a campfire tonight on christmas eve that would be perfect well, we don't want a campfire here. The wind is howling. Yeah, we're kind of windy, too. It's been a windy week. And with that, we'll just take our break. We're going to come back. It's Marty. I like to bring Marty on a Monday, but it's Marty on a Friday. The m- most important red shirt Friday of the year, in my mind. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. Roll out after this. And now we talk about immune health. We talk about health in general. The world's authority on nitric oxide production, Dr. Nathan Bryan, explains. We've got about 14 COVID clinics around the U.S. where we have a a nitric oxide drug trial going on. I'm exposed to COVID probably every day. You know, pre-COVID, we as humans are exposed to viruses and bacteria every day of our life. That's just the world we live in. Some people get sick, some people don't. Why do some people get sick and why do others not? It all boils down to their ability to generate nitric oxide and to have certain things replete in their body like vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, selenium. If you're nutrient deficient, you're going to get sick. If you can't make nitric oxide, you're going to get sick. If you do all these things, you can be exposed to to COVID or any other virus and your immune system nips it in the bud and you don't get sick from it. It's really that simple. For full details about the science and to place an order, go to no2u.com. That's no, number two, letter U, dot com. Put Trent. Trent is your coupon code. That gets you a 10% discount plus free shipping. no2u.com. Trent, coupon code. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Marty Beard, the great coon hunter from the frosty north. Red shirt Friday. Marty is all about the sacrifice of the blood for those who risk everything to protect our freedom. But I think the whole red shirt concept came from the crucifixion of Jesus, which we're talking about his birth. I'm not confused, but it's still about bloodshed for others. It is. And I mean, and how that goes into the bloodshed that our Savior, Jesus Christ, did to save us. I mean, that's that's why, Trent, now I'm going to admit something. I have a blue shirt on now because I didn't remember it was Friday because of all the holiday. But when I get when I get done with this radio show... I am going into the, and I'm changing into a red shirt. But but anyway, I have to get to this. Okay. okay. This is sort of holiday season stuff, but I'm not 
but uh, not always. And I'm going to ask you what you hear. All right. Jingle bells. Some people call them jingle bells. Yeah. They've got many names. Okay. Now, I have four sets of sleigh bells. And, you know, say sleigh bells, they have a significant um, uh, purpose. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that purpose was? Yeah. the uh, They would wear them on the team when they would come to town. And uh, particularly on the downhill side, the horses with the bells on would alert the oncoming traffic that there were horses coming down the hill to protect uh, protect them against uh, danger. Exactly, because, you know, horses sometimes can be hard enough to stop, mm-hmm. as you well know. <laughs> it don't. But can you Don't go there. Just team, don't even go there. <laughs> a team of horses on slippery conditions yeah pulling a one horse well that would be wouldn't use a team for a one horse open sleigh but but a two horse closed sleigh mm-hmm. i mean you've got some momentum especially if it was full of of uh christmas goodies or stuff like that so i have four sets mm-hmm. of sleigh bells and then i want i'm going to ring each one individually and you and your audience get to guess which is the oldest set I have. Are you ready? Okay, before you you tell me this or give me this, you do know and remember that when we were at Minokan Grove, we had a uh, sleigh bells, and uh, Robert David Steele would share that story every time we had one. And we started after Ogden, Utah, mm. because Chuck Miller donated those sleigh bells to the cause. And he now has them back. But anyway. Hmm. Well, okay. Here is number. That's a great story. And I do remember those sleigh bells. Now, here is sleigh bells um, number one. Okay. Number one. Okay. Keep that in mind. Number two. Those are two tinny. <laughs> Number three. Those are too little. They gotta have big balls. Number four. Those are old. Alright, so one is the, the modern version trying to make it sound like there's something big. Two's a little older, but they're tinny. Three are probably uh, authentic, but they're small. And four is the oldest set. Number one was the oldest. Really? Those were actually made. Um, the the markings on them that I have, yeah. they placed them at a foundry, an old foundry in England. Oofta. Number two. <laughs> Oofta. So that would be Norway. <laughs> 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 Number two, um, those were the second oldest. Mm-hmm. Number three, now th- they're all brass except for number three, which is the most modern. And number four are 
probably re- replicas made of crotal bells in the 50s. Okay. So the one you, you liked the most and thought was the most authentic. Is the newest. Um, no, the newest ones were number three. Oh. Number four, yeah. Okay. The, tin, the ones that aren't even made of brass, that would be these. Now, I bought them to put on my horse because I didn't want to I didn't want to use these, uh, you know, because a lot of artifact hunters um, find uh, sleigh bells, or or they call them crotal bells. Um, they they find a lot of them, and they're always, most often, broke. So I didn't want to break these on my horse, you know, because I get I'm like you, Trent. I get into horse wrecks, but I I love listening to and and. These sleigh bells, and I don't just put them on a team I, or or a single horse. I put them on my saddle horse. And let me tell you, when you come up to a cow with sleigh bells on, she gets out of the way. So I mean, I've been moving cows around and 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 with these sleigh bells on a horse, and it actually enhances the cow moving experience because they they get up and they get moving out of your way. Do you have a problem with cows staying in your way? Well, you know, I did this when I was work. I put these on my horse when I was working at the sale barn. And when you've got 500 fresh calves that you're oh, trying to move around. Oh, that's a little different than working. I'm in the pasture. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's mainly what I did. But but I, I when I'm out riding, you know, not this year because of my broken pelvis, but on a normal year, I'll saddle up my horse, and and I loved a, a, a moonlit night in the winter time. And I, you know, I secretly hoped that somebody would hear those sleigh bells, mm-hmm. and they'd be it kindle some kind of old memory in them or something that they'd be like, somebody's coming in a one horse open sleigh. <laughs> but <laughs> you're making you know, me want to go out and spend a little time with Gemstone and get him ready to pull a sleigh tonight. <laughs> or even a cart, which I there could do. I, yeah, I, I just it'd take me two days, and I'd have him pulling that really good. Yeah, don't have him pull a sleigh if, uh, if it's a a little dry. <laughs> I think you we better stick with the with old Chinese invented wheel. There you go. Yeah, I kind of like that. Putting me on the spot with those bells—that was good stuff. Well, you know, I try. Here comes Marty with his bells on. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing about uh, the, these sleigh bells is that they were the first instrument. A bell was the first instrument played in space. Yep. And and in old pagan beliefs, bells were used to ward off bad luck, diseases, and evil spirits. No, I think I think you've just sold us all on the fact that we should have four sets of sleigh bells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, maybe we could send one of the, that sleigh bells to Washington. Hey, did you know that the song "Jingle Bells" it, um, um, the the Jingle Bell song "One Horse Open Sleigh," otherwise known as, was the most popular song recorded. Um, on Earth, and it was written in 1950, 1857 by James Lord Pierpont, 
and was originally meant for Thanksgiving. That's the one I didn't know. No, I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. William Barton opened mm-hmm. the first U.S. sleigh bell company in East Hampton, Connecticut, in 1810. Gosh, I thought it would be a lot older than that. And um, and I'm going to enhance your story. What's the first symbol of American freedom post-Revolutionary War? which was all about religious persecution and taxes. See, now, here you go again. Um, it's easy. you got to come up with it. Oh, no, you can I, put me been, on the spot with these bells, but you, you, better, you can't take it where you give out? No, I, was, I, I wasn't. I was just doing that for, for everybody's um, <clears throat> entertainment. Liberty Bell. Oh, there you go. The cracked Liberty Bell. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, also that... That that town of uh, East Hampton eventually became known as Belltown because they produced so many bells. Hmm. It is Roll Route on a Red Shirt Friday with Marty Beard. We will continue to jingle along, but I want to remind you that Protect the Harvest continues to jingle along as well, basically getting you as much information as possible about maintaining your freedom. Mostly the freedom's about property rights, but if you don't own your property, if you don't own your thoughts, what are you? You are a peasant. How do you continue to remove peasanthood from your future? Be well-informed and hang with like-minded people. Protect the harvest is exactly that. Full details. It's just about getting information. That's what it takes. That's all you got to do. Go to protecttheharvest.com, get the information. Second half of Roll Route just ahead. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Loose alongside Marty Beard, Stewartsdale, North Dakota, 1659. There was a general court in Massachusetts that proclaimed any person who celebrated Christmas other than in church would be arrested and see the penalty of crime in the United States and Massachusetts. And that lasted through through our independence into 1800. So religious persecution <laughs> is not some new creation, Marty. I don't know if you knew that or not. Boy, that... Uh... I, I'm going to have to have you uh, send me that tidbit of information. And that's back in days when in churches they had a long pole with a big brass knob on the end of it, and if you fell asleep, they hit you in the head with it. Good thing they don't or, do that Well, now. actually, at the, at the other end, no, I think there's too many people that have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. At the other end of the brass knob, they had a feather. And and for the women that fell asleep, they would tickle her nose with that. Because apparently it wasn't okay to hit a woman in church with a big brass knob, but it was men. Yep. This is right from the Massachusetts government website. So this isn't some, you know, make-believe stuff or anything. In 1659, the Massachusetts Bay Colony enacted a law called the Penalty for Keeping Christmas. The notion that that was such a festival was superstitious 
and superstitions, superstitions kept in other countries were the great dishonor of God and offense to others. Anyone found celebrating Christmas outside of the church would be suffer the penalty of the law. Can you imagine if those people saw what Christmas has become today? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. In, in fact, now, let's turn that around. How many people celebrate Christmas other than in a church? They don't even know they celebrate Christmas. They don't even know why they're celebrating Christmas. Well, that's exactly right. And, and I mean, that that's, that's been part of a plan. Um, to uh, fleece people of their money during Christmas time, and and turn this all basically the whole Christmas time into this giant money making scam. I, I can see their point, but you got to remember back then they were also um, squeezing old women between boards because they were and hanging them, and some men too and hanging them because they thought they were witches. That's right there in Massachusetts where the well, Salem witch trials were. Yeah, I know. Well, that was the same state, wasn't it? I, I I think it's just like today. They read it on the Internet, and they got this story about witches all screwed up, and then they, <laughs> they went with it. I don't know why you keep going on about this Internet. It's a fad. It's a fad. Like TVs hey, and cell phones. Dude, I'm not the one who makes TikTok videos every day to see where I can get banned. Well, it's close, <laughs> but you know, I, and I think that we're we're touching a subject here that's you know because I mean it's volatile. M- my wife and I have this go around all the time when I'm like, yeah, we need to uh, remember what Christmas is really about. She goes, well, I'm not going to stop celebrating. We have a grandchild coming now, and we're having all of the you know, and I'm like, well. I mean, this this can bring up feelings when you talk about this type of stuff. This can bring up feelings out of people and put them on the offense rather quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, because when, when I tell people, you know, um, a lot of the stuff that we are, that have become our traditions are actually pagan, have pagan origin, origins. Origins. Um, origin, Yeah. Um, they get, uh, <laughs> boy, I'll tell you what, you can get into some heated discussions to say the least. It's about like politics. So, you know what I did this morning? My 5.30 a week is just to kind of go research something I don't know anything about or I want to know more about. And usually it's to try to make Andrew stop and think about something. But do you know that most of the food traditions that we have still today date back to 1500 at christmas time well i mean for the most part they haven't even been modified much like gingerbread um pudding plum pudding plum pudding pudding. with a silver in it uh turkey you name a minced meat pie is the only one that's kind of lost its well no it hasn't lost the whole concept behind you do do not go to a Thanksgiving or a Christmas celebration. And by the way, the whole concept of celebration has always been centered around food, dating back to 1500. And it's still centered around food. And right, wrong, or indifferent. That's the center base. It would get together, 
break bread together, and that's a concept. But that goes back to 1500. And each one of these foods really have an origin that had a purpose at the time and a reason. And the pie that we have after we stuff ourselves with turkey, eating a stuffed turkey, really started as party pies in England. And you're going to love this part because this is right up Marty Beard's alley. They originally all had beef in them. And then beef got to be more scarce, so they put beef tallow in them, and it was cheaper. And they had the same kind of taste and flavor. Then it got to where they couldn't afford that, so they went with dried fruit because it was cheaper. And now we have apple pie that all started with a Christmas celebration of a beef pie. Well, everybody that's listened to me as a guest for very long knows that my Aunt Gladys one of our Christmas traditions is uh, making plum pudding. And that has beef suet, which yeah. is just basically tallow chopped finely. Yep. Um, and we and that's got to be getting um, real close because now I'm hungry for it. And, and <laughs> but that that had to, the, the kidney fat had to be taken off and chopped up finely. I have her chopper. But, you know, what we have to remember is people don't, people just it was the food was important to them because they didn't have very much right i mean my grandpa told me uh, he felt so uh happy because he got an orange and that's why he always brought fruit when i was a little kid he always brought me fruit because he didn't have fruit they had june berries from north dakota um and, and when he got an orange for Christmas, and it wasn't every Christmas, there were Christmas, I mean, it was hard times. In fact, I'm reading a book right now of, uh, of, uh, the, the, the tough times that our pioneer families, and it's actually, and, uh, about Nebraska. And, and these kids were so hungry for, for food because they'd, they'd eaten basically what we call today, pancakes without sugar um they were just flour and water fried and then they were the only thing that they were sweetened with if you were lucky enough you had sorghum you know there was no sugar in them at all and that they ate these flour fried flour cakes basically as their staple to get to get through um these hard times and i think that's why some of these food Things have become, and I and I Trent, and I think that's why why food has become a way to show love, and that's why we have this problem in in the United States of obesity. Because if if your grandkids show up, and I know I'm going to have to curb my wife on this. Oh, Grandma made you some cookies. I mean, I went through this, and now we we we've we've grown into this food culture. Um where love is associated with food and 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 uh you know here's some old guy my grandpa he got an orange and he was happy i'd got an orange in my stocking every year when i was a kid yeah but that's not all you got. no 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 I didn't, that's not all i got but i always there was always an orange attached and the path that we're going down excuse me today would lead us to believe that you know you always were threatened that if you're naughty you're going to get coal in your stocking 
Well, a little coal might come in handy along about the mid-January, February route. So <laughs> there's people this year hoping to get coal in their <clears throat> stocking. Support North Dakota coal. Give it for Christmas. I can see it now. <laughs> your lights aren't working? Give your kids coal. We have plenty. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how Christmas traditions... You know, we think we, there's a lot of things that have changed, but... Um, these little things creep through families, just like that plum pudding recipe. And I think that's what binds us together. And, uh, you know, these little traditions and, and think back and, uh, remember one that when you were a kid that you don't do anymore and maybe today or tomorrow rekindle that old family tradition. I'm trying to think of something I did as a kid I don't do anymore. Mm, well, well I, I can I never I can slept one. on Christmas Eve I never slept because I was always anxious about what Santa was bringing me so I could but I don't I don't have that problem anymore I sleep good I I remember um we would and and we never really did this because we didn't have a regular fireplace but with my uh, kids growing up we had a wood burning stove and uh so um at my grandma's, we hung our stockings. They all had our names on them at, at my grandma Edna's. And, uh, oh, that was what we did. We rushed there on, on, on Christmas day to, uh, see what we got. But, you know, we didn't, if we hung any stockings at my house, they would burst into flames because that wood stove was so hot. But they didn't use their fireplace and it was even converted to, uh, some sort of gas. I don't. I, we, they they never used it because it was dangerous. So we were able to hang our stockings on there. Mm-hmm. The fireplace was dangerous. The open fire in the house. <laughs> Theirs was. I mean, I always wondered that as a kid. Why do they have a fireplace? They have a full blown chimney, but they their fireplace. Uh, it had these. Uh, uh, I think I can remember them doing it one time, and it was it was natural gas wasn't yeah. propane it was natural gas yeah. and it, it it emitted to like a weird blue flame on these yeah mm-hmm. it was it was and my grandma was always petrified of it maybe because you know back in them days if if you had a house fire and and there was a lot of house fires because people were cook, not only heating with wood and coal yeah. and <laughs> cow turds but they were cooking with it right and uh and they had kerosene around for their lamps and lanterns, and and a, a house fire was very devastating. Maybe she was afraid of that stuff. Roll route, Marty Beard. One segment left. It's happening after this. Welcome back, Roll Route. Trent Loose alongside, looking at the gentle doctor statue in my office, and I'm warm. In this case, it's with electric heat. Also have propane heat in the other part of the house. I want to remind you that if you need to get paid better, everybody needs to get paid better for the cattle that they produce. Get closer to the consumer and more of what the consumer is spending. Lone Creek Cattle Company has established a system that not only works from a production standpoint, it works from a financial standpoint. We shipped our calves last week. We got paid this week. It really works good. If you're interested in being a part of a system, that gets you in a minimum $180 over the market price. 
and go to the website LoneCreekCalico.com get more details about the Certified Piedmontese system. On that website, CertifiedPiedmontese.com, you can find more details about the spotted boar pork line. I know a thing or two about that pork also. So it's all about supplying what the consumer demands and paying the producer properly. All right. Uh, I like the bell story. You know what? I don't do enough with bells. It motivated me to be better with bells and what the bells represent. Well, I think you should hang a few bells from your hat. And and every time you'd come into a place, those bells would jingle just a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that would be a good thing. Exactly what I need. Here comes Trent. To capture attention when I walk in someplace. Trent Trent with his bells on. Who's that Percheron stumbling in? That Percheron Gelding stumbling in here again with his bells on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and and also, we got to remember that Christmas can sometimes be a lonely uh, time of year for people, but, um, you know, if you don't have family with you, um, or if you're going through hard times, but I tell you what, I believe that everybody needs to know that evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. And if you're good and unafraid, evil cannot, cannot harm you. And the best way to be good and unafraid is to be a Christian. And I tell you what, I can't say any more about that, those Bible verses, and I'm going to say them again at the end. So if you didn't get them wrote down to read to yourself or to your family or to little children, I'm going to, I'm going to say those again at the end of this show. So get that pencil and pad ready and remember that evil is powerless. I mean, God is all-powerful, and he's on our side. So we're fighting a winning game here. Don't you think we ought to share one of them? Share one of what? Those the, Bible verses? Yeah. Well, we could. Now I have to go get my Bible. Well, you don't need to. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son given the... Oh, shoot, I can't see that. Um given us a son, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty, God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah, Well, that's, that's the book of Isaiah has really captured my attention lately. Oh, it is. I'll tell you what, and, and, and when, you, when you read that right there, that is prophecy that Jesus, our Savior, mm-hmm is is coming i mean that's that's what people have to realize they've been prophesizing about our savior jesus coming all through the old testament this isn't just something you know i i went hunting with a guy one time and i was talking to him about jesus because i knew he wasn't a believer and he he basically told me he goes you believe in those fairy tales and this is a good friend of mine, and I, I was taken aback, to say the least. And I really didn't know what to say, because I wasn't 
and I'm still far from knowledgeable in the Bible. I mean, I read the Bible. I try to read it every day, and I'm pretty faithful with that. But I'm still, still ignorant on 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 most of the Bible, and I admit that. I, but, I admit that I don't read it every day, but I call you every day to see what you read, so I feel like I was part of it. <laughs> and we usually get off on something that we shouldn't <laughs> instead of talking about the Bible. But, but um, so I went back, and, and, and the next time he went hunting with me, he came up and stayed with me for Thanksgiving, and, and I was ready for him. I had the prophecies, and you know what? When we have conversations now, he now reads the Bible. I don't know if he's totally accepted Jesus Christ, but he is reading the Bible. I kind of take him as my little success story of, of he's coming along. And, and he said, Marty, I just never knew, never heard of these stories where, where they were prophesizing a savior like you just read in Isaiah way back in the Old Testament. You know, he thought that was just all these laws and then, um, which, which they were. But yeah, he was amazed and I, I think that's very important. Well, I have a little, um, disciple of Jesus in my house. Landry is awesome. In fact, Kelly told me this morning that for this Christmas program tonight at church, she took invitations to school to people, teachers that are not in our church. And one in particular nice. that is not a believer. And it was heavy on her heart that she invite that family to our celebration tonight. And, it's and that's little, what it little things like that make a big difference. And it's not in your face. It's not, you know, uh, I'm, I'm giving testimony to you in your face and a fire and brimstone. She just in a very subtle way did it in the Landry way, invited them to come and be a part of it. And they have a whole plethora of kids, by the way. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, that that makes my heart feel good. Um, because if you can ignite that spark in, in, in those children and in those parents, I mean, just think of the good that will do. And, and I think, um, you know, and we're not talking big religion. We're just talking worshiping our Savior, yep. Jesus. And, by the way, she does read her Bible every night. She never misses a night. Well, God bless her, that's mm -hmm. for sure. She's um, amazing. I think that uh, um, not only do we... When you come up in January, will I have some of my Aunt Gladys's plum pudding for you with brandy sauce? Don't worry. We'll cook the brandy until there's no alcohol. <laughs> That's okay. just the flavoring. I was going to yeah. worry about that. We don't want to get you on that. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Um, but uh, I'm going to send some home uh, for her so she can enjoy that while she's reading her Bible. Make sure you get a hold of Kathy and let her know I'm coming so she's got some Nephla soup over there at your place, too. Kathy makes delicious Nestle soup. She puts, you know, we have a restaurant here in Bismarck that tries to pretend that they have the best Nestle soup. Yeah. I'll tell you what, in one week, Kathy could put that restaurant out of business. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm not a giant, great, big uh, Nestle soup fan, you know, like a yeah. lot of these people are around here. 
But that, that is unbelievable. You know, and, and when you have a big chunk of delicious chicken soaked in butter and different mm-hmm. spices with all those little Nestle's dough balls or whatever, I don't know. I mean, that is, that's a surprise because you don't get pieces of chicken in most Nestle soup. Oh, man, nice pieces good. of chicken. Uh, do you know why chicken and turkey have less flavor than the other real meats? <laughs> I don't know because they're most people cook them too long. They're no, it actually high. you're kind of close, but not the cooking phase, the growing phase. Those chickens and turkeys, even and this is not just some new modern domesticated turkey problem. They you go back and look at the turkeys of the Mayans and the Aztecs, they grew so fast they did not have the flavor that they did not have the ability. There's a there's actually something they don't accumulate that leads to the flavor. It's beyond fat, not just a basic thing like fat, but um, it's their their rapid growth, and they've always been that way. Hmm. Have you ever seen that? Funny you say the Mayan turkey. Have you ever seen that that uh, South American or Southern Mexico turkey? It almost looks like a peacock. That's actually how they got their a- name. They they would round them up. It looks more like a guinea. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I, I don't. I just looked at the color of them, and they the, in, in oh. instead of the turkey colors, they have blues and yeah. greens and yellows. I was like, "Holy smokes! I'd like to raise those little pretty buggers." You probably could, uh, but the turkey was native to Central and, and North America, and uh, the Mayans started trading with uh, the Spaniards, and turkeys went and actually they got their name because they would take them. To England and the Europe through um, the Spanish, and they would be ported in Turkey, and so they got their name from that port relationship in Turkey. And then Christopher Columbus and the other pilgrims, not just the pilgrims, but all of those that started coming to North America, 1500, brought domesticated turkeys and somehow thought they brought turkey to the North American continent, when in fact they were native here. They had made a full circle. <laughs> They'd finally come home. They finally come home the to roost. The turkeys have come home to roost. <laughs> <laughs> finally, I beat you. All right, you have 60 seconds, Marty Beard. Okay, here's those Bible verses. Again, Isaiah 9, 6. Luke 2, the Christmas story, Matthew's Christmas story, Matthew 2, Galatians 4, 4, and John 3.16. That's what I read at Christmas Eve, and I mean, it includes the whole message. And that will do it. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America for another week and on the most significant Red Shirt Friday of this year, for sure, Christmas Eve. Remember the season. Celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and your family around you. And your bells. Show up with your bells on. Both Marty and I remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route. All right, that was really good. I hope I got it recorded. (laughs) 
so do I. It was way more than freaking. I was ready for a little 10 minute segment. Yeah. I got to get going. Bye. You have a good day. Merry oh. Christmas, my friend. Talk to you later, man. Don't forget, if you'd like a cap, a Loose Tails cap or Loose Tails mug, coffee mugs are really cool. I'm just telling you. Send me a note. We'll make it happen. That's all you got to do. Just find a way to send me a note. It's not tough. Merry Christmas.